You are warmly welcome to listen to WDBE Talks, the podcast for world of digital built environment. Let's start the journey to a sustainable urban future together by unlocking urban super sensing. Hello and welcome to this episode of WDBE Talks. My name is Jack Geary, and I recently sat down with Brian Ringley, the Construction Technology Manager at Boston Dynamics. Our discussion covered the power of on-site sensing, the challenges of implementing automated robotics, and the role AI plays in binding the worlds of the digital and the physical. Brian, thanks so much for joining me. Can you tell the listeners about your career to date and what you and your team are currently working on? Yeah, I was, educa- I was educated as an architect and worked in architectural practice as a design technologist. So I was often, you know, solving technology problems around building design and manufacturing and using design computation to build software tools to do that. I then uh, worked as a construction researcher uh, for a few years where I was trying to understand how to move the construction of buildings offsite. So looking at industrialized construction methods in factories and warehouses, turning the kind of construction site exercise to a logistics exercise, but was also spending a lot of time looking at field robotics uh, for the purposes of dynamic sensing in these constantly changing environments, because I knew that it was important to establish a reality, uh, reality capture feedback loop in the uh, building design and delivery process that that was something that was distinctly lacking. And that is what led me to the discovery of Spot. I saw Spot on a construction site in a YouTube video in 2018. And several months later, we had one on one of our construction sites. And uh, I had tested a lot of wheeled and tracked robots and indoor drones and things like that. And once I had a robot with legs, I knew there was no turning back. And that that's what led me to the interest in moving over to Boston Dynamics, because I knew that that's where it could have a really big impact on the construction industry. Would it be safe to assume that sensor technology plays a significant role in your practical and theoretical work? I mean, it does. If you look across like the course of my career, you know, I started with a lot of interest in how can technologies like building information modeling actually impact construction sites in terms of how could I directly drive machines and processes downstream, whether it's like a specialized CNC machine for, you know, a building product or even something, again, thinking of construction as a logistics exercise. What if I'm building orders and scheduling trucks directly through that model. So you do have to get to the urban scale, especially if you're talking about offsite construction. On the side of mobile robots, there's a lot of interesting things happening in terms of how do we build a digital twin infrastructure that's shared across many robots and technologies. So the idea that I don't necessarily have to map every individual building project to run a robot in a building, I could actually have access to some larger data set Um, at a large scale to do that and or contribute to that data set when I generate new or updated information. And this is certainly not a new idea. I know self-driving cars are really contending with this. How do we leverage some kind of common data infrastructure for autonomous driving, you know, across the world, but also how do we use what we learn uh, from the driving itself uh, to, again, to create this feedback loop. 
could you speak a little to the challenges that you've experienced when it comes to data collection? Yeah, the key challenges in terms of, you know, there are some limitations to how it's done today that are kind of revolving around what the challenges are of a dynamic site in general. So you typically have an environment, so say an interior commercial construction site that's pretty inhospitable to physical automation. So perception systems struggle with those environments because those environments are constantly changing. So feature recognition becomes really difficult. I myself get lost in the same construction site because it changes so often. This is not just a robot problem. Um, and you have a lot of dynamic obstacles. So not just somebody left, you know, a job box or, you know, a pallet of materials in the right of way of some robot, but somebody could come around a corner. There's other moving vehicles and equipment. So there's a lot going on there that has to be sensed quickly and avoided for safety purposes. And lastly, it just tends to be a messy terrain. Um, in addition to the unique ability of spot, for example, to go up and down stairs, there's just things like gaps in the floor, holes, barriers, uh, cabling, piping, piles of materials, uh, wet spots, puddles, standing water. I mean, you name it, it happens on a construction site. This is not a clean warehouse environment with a flat ground where you can just deploy a fleet of AMRs. This is something fundamentally different. And what you want to do is reduce the friction of robotic automation adoption by building robots and sensing systems that are capable of navigating in, in those spaces as they exist and operate today and not go and tell somebody in construction, well, you actually have to change your entire process if you want to bring physical automation and sensing into it. So what roles are robots currently playing on site and how do you see that changing in future? I mean, I'm all in on this notion of dynamic sensing that we can use our agile mobile robots, for example, to allow people to collect data on a frequent basis so that they always have an idea of what's happening on site. And this seems like such a simple idea, but it's just something that doesn't exist. There isn't a kind of comprehensive dynamic sensing network on a construction site that lets me know what is going on right now. It's always a game of catch up. It's always a game of manual data capture. Um, you struggle with it because you don't want to instrument the site with fixed sensors that have to be replaced. You don't want to have to use valuable labor and send people on these like dull and boring and repetitive labor capture tasks that frankly they're not that good at because they're not going to like hold the camera at the same height or step into the same position. So I'm, I, that's where I'm most bullish. And that also starts to develop this foundation of of reality capture data essentially that we can build kind of you know building and then ultimately urban scale digital twins from other types of robotics on site that i find really interesting are how do we bring data from bim to the site and drive robots with that um, dusty robotics is a really great example of that with their layout robot the idea that you're defining where building products and elements go in a centralized model and you can essentially print that to the field, print that directly onto the slab. There are a number of companies out there doing task specific uh, things as well, where you're actually getting into the domain of trade labor. I think that there are some really smart things happening out there and I, and I advocate for all of it because I think it raises the sea level across construction, but that can sometimes be at odds with when should we prefabricate and move to offsite construction, which really leverages traditional industrial automation and industrial robot arms? And when is it necessary to have something like, say, mobile manipulation on a job site? That's that's less clear to me over the long term. 
Do you think an increased capacity for unit autonomy would help with the making of that choice, or are there obstacles that we're only just becoming aware of? I think people have false notions of what autonomy means and what's valuable about autonomy. So I think first and foremost, there will always be a collaboration. What is most valuable to robot about robots, in my opinion, is that paired with human intelligence, you can do things you couldn't do before. You might be pretty hands off in terms of what the robot's actually doing, but your intelligence is required to implement and direct those machines to add some valuable new service or process to what you're doing. I think it really stymies us kind of both creatively and business-wise with robotics if we're just saying, the robot's going to do something that was done before, but fully automated, right? This is like very much like a kind of industrial line mentality. So the thing that really attracted me about Spot and why I wanted to work at Boston Dynamics in terms of getting into robotics for construction is because the robot's just doing something that people weren't doing before. No one was doing this level of routine and repeatable data capture in job sites before with other methods. You know, there are competing methods, but they weren't able to do it at this frequency at this level. So this is new. And this is something that's enabled by uh, planning and process on the side of the people managing the robots. And then the actual data capture that happens as much as you want it to, that's, that's where the autonomy comes in. And yes, you want the fullest autonomy possible in these environments. So that's why we have the, the spot dock, which allows for self-charging, which allows for you to remotely send these data capture mission instructions essentially to the robot over the network, to the dock. The robot can get up off hours, go do its thing, get around, make good decisions, and come back. And also to be able to do that in areas that just don't have good communications networks. So. If you're trying to do remote inspection where you want to see through the eyes of the robot, so to speak, you need good fixed communication networks and job sites just aren't connected in that way, nor should they necessarily be. It might not make business sense to invest in that level of communications infrastructure for something that's in development and constantly changing. So one of the strengths of our robot is that it doesn't require that. Um, if you're doing routine data capture, you can just trust that this robot is able to get around the site, get the data that you want, get back to the dock, and as part and parcel of the mission, send that data to the cloud where it's actually used to develop business insights and decisions. And have there been road bumps in getting modern sites to accept these processes and improvements? I mean, the road bumps are really just in getting the features to the customers that they need. A big part of this is developing a good user experience through the control tablet so that it's really intuitive. Somebody doesn't need to be a roboticist to use these robots on site. Secondarily, then, it's about that level of autonomy. How well does the robot detect a constantly changing environment? What does a robot do when it reaches an obstacle in order to still go around the site and get your data capture? You know, what are the smarts there to make sure that it's hitting those data capture points in the most efficient method possible? How do we ensure we get back to the dock or to some point of communication so that that data actually gets off robot and to the cloud where you actually want to use it? Because again, you don't want to go out and automatically collect data, but then be forced to manually capture that data off the robot. So those were all challenges in developing, but I think our secret weapon is just that we have a lot of really great early adopters and we have hundreds of robots out you know, in these environments and on job sites that we can learn from at a really accelerated pace. It's incredible how much you learn just from a few days in the field 
with a customer and I try to do that as regularly as possible. So then operationally it becomes, okay, what am I doing here that's valuable with the robot and safe and fits within my existing concept of operations? So we have some operators who say, I'm gonna be on the job site anyway. So I'm here to initiate a data capture mission, but then I'm gonna go do other work. And I'm going to trust that the robot's getting the data I need and gets back if I need to intervene for some reason. Hey, I'm around, no big deal. Um, but more and more we're really moving to this concept of, hey, let's run this when the site is sparsely populated. Let's run this in the mornings or evenings or even overnight. Let's schedule a mission to start You know, a couple hours after we leave the site. Um, that's when the site's most open. That's when we'd get the highest quality data not occluded by human workers moving around. Um, and I like that because it creates this symbiotic and collaborative relationship where at night the robot's basically collecting all the data you need and then you come in in the morning and you're making better decisions that day. So you're kind of playing to the strengths of people on site versus robots on site. From speaking to practitioners, there seems to be a lack of understanding in how robotic data capture and feedback loops can play a crucial role off-site as well as on. As a former architect, could you speak to this? Yeah, you know, I I had focused a lot on, again, a linear process when I was a designer, which was I want to have, a, you know, I want to take my design intent, which is typically encapsulated in a digital model or in a building information model. I want to use that to directly drive construction practices downstream, you know, things like file to factory methods or things like printing to a layout robot. And I think some of that's all well and good, but some of that really misses the bigger picture about the expertise of the trades and making sure that there are a lot of decisions that are made on site that are made by those subcontracted trades. And they should be because that's their area of professional expertise but you need to capture those decisions. And that's what was missing. And that's kind of when a light bulb went off when I was a construction researcher was like, oh my God, we have, we have no way of knowing what's happened from moment to moment. We need to develop some kind of technology that really helps us close that loop. It gets into conversations about digital twin and things of that manner. So I became more fixated on how do we establish that data feedback loop? And then how does that actually help an architect? So once an architect hits construction administration, you know, imagine being able to see in real time how things are being installed relative to the design intent, catching issues much more quickly um, is a big one. Reducing RFIs um, and things of that nature are really important. But then I thought, now you're now you're actually adding additional data to that central model and you're moving toward a digital twin idea where you've actually have this kind of streaming reality capture data coming into a fixed design model that keeps it up to date and current and valid. Now you can trust that because it's essentially survey corrected every moment to drive additional automation and robotics on site with more confidence. You know, a lot of design intent models aren't actually correct to what's going on site. So you can't really make those decisions with them. But when it comes to owner handoff, now that's a valuable asset for the owner. They are one step closer to like an operational digital twin where they might start to stream in other types of IoT systems like tenant access and security, parking services, um, environmental control systems. Um, and that's, I think, really attractive to them because historically, it's really expensive to take BIM, which is largely design intent, and convert that to something that is first and as built that properly reflects at least like the geometry and the asset locations and the data 
about your building and then into an operational digital twin which is actually set up to receive and process streaming data it's it's a ton of work and it's frankly it's not worth it for most building owners so let's make it worth it because it would be really valuable and could um technology such as digital twins help clarify and articulate the value of implementing these kind of improvements yeah i mean this is like the digital twin side of things has really been a driving element of our strategic alliance with trimble so you know that started as an automation exercise how can I automate laser scanning with a robot and have that be done autonomously because laser scanning is very labor intensive. And frankly, for those who've been in the field running those scanners, it can be pretty boring as you wait for each scan to complete. So we did that. And then we thought, you know, the real value here isn't just doing this once because oftentimes it's so expensive to do laser scanning and time intensive that you might do it once for like due diligence on a property to check like square footage and floor flatness. And then you might do it again at the end of a project to help with like an as build if that's required by the owner. Not really doing it in between to help the project, but all of a sudden we're making it cheap and easy, which means that you can do it as frequently as you want, which all of a sudden means this is actually a completely different solution. This isn't an autonomous scanning solution. This is like a dynamic sensing network for the creation of digital twins, which leads to better project management for you know, on time and on budget projects, essentially. So it became much bigger picture there. I think the other aspect of this is AI. Um, Emerging AI tools that are used by architects and construction professionals uh, largely rely on, you know, imagery data and more and more also on this kind of high accuracy point cloud data. But in order to create the models Um, like a computer vision model, for example, using imagery collected by a person or a robot. You need a ton of data um, for that to actually yield good insight. So if you have somebody randomly taking a photo with the left arm and then the right arm, and they're like five meters away from where they were, like that change detection algorithm is probably not going to work as well. Um, But if you have a highly precise and consistent data set provided by physical automation on site, like with Spot, then all of a sudden you're opening the door um, to getting those answers as well. And it's all part of the same thing. You know, you, you bind the digital to the physical because it really keeps you on track. It keeps you current, you catch mistakes and you can plan better. And then you can also leverage these AI tools to do quantification. Even if your model was updating every second to what was happening on site, you still would have to use your human intelligence to answer a question like what percentage of drywall is installed? Is everybody wearing the proper PPE? Is there a cable or a pipe that's dangling too low and that presents like a safety issue? Instead, you can leverage these, these various models and algorithms to just answer that question for you because they have access to that frequently collected data. COVID was obviously a massive disruptor and challenge for the construction sector. Um, How were you and your team affected? Yeah, I mean, we had already been working on teleoperation of robots to get virtual access to environments. The thinking had been that this was for hazardous environments. I'm going to send a robot into a radiated nuclear environment. I'm going to send a robot into an energized substation so I don't have to de-energize prior to a required inspection. I'm going to send a robot ahead of me into a mining space to check for gas and for deformation of the ceiling. 
you know, for an early indication of a collapse, all these like safety reasons to be like, well, send the robot in first and then let's like look through its eyes and see what's going on here. Um, or send the robot in and I'm not going in ever because it's too dangerous. COVID made everything dangerous. Um, it made every environment like that. So all of a sudden it became really important on construction sites, which obviously have areas that are more hazardous than others where you could leverage the robot for sure. But all of a sudden it was like, no, just getting access to the site in the first place. And then it really led to some other thinking about how like, you know, stakeholders like architects, for example, have never really had that that big of a level of access in the first place. And now it's even more severe. So how do all your stakeholders, like how does your owner check in on progress? How does an architect check in on progress? How do you minimize density on site? So that really pushed the uh, remote inspection technologies and our web-based software scout. Um, it actually started with like, for us at Boston Dynamics, it started with, we can't do sales demos anymore. Let's just use our remote operation capabilities or teleoperation capabilities in conjunction with, with some web-based software and we can do these demos over the internet. And then we'd be, you know, and then we'd also be like, what do you like and not like about this like sales demo software? And like, we were just, it was the, it was the best like product manager experience because it was just like, you're getting like instant feedback and then you're just building that into the web app for the next round of customers. And like very naturally out of this like remote sales demo process, we built Scout uh, for advanced remote inspection solutions. And before we let you go, could we get a sense of what you're going to be discussing as part of your keynote speech at WDBE 2021? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm going to be discussing, again, these kind of bigger picture notions that Spot, you know, I don't even talk about Spot as like a robot anymore, right? People don't necessarily want a robot. There's a joke that you only call something a robot until it's useful. You know, people want these dynamic sensing networks with that are, you know, we make that possible with agile mobile robots. We're going to be talking a lot about what does it mean to have an out of box construction solution, which is what we've worked on with the Trimble partnership. So we'll be talking about the Spot X7 fully integrated scanning solution and how they've actually built the control and data capture framework completely into Trimble FieldLink, um, which is pretty incredible because that connects you to the various like BIM and like field device systems that they already have set up. It just networks everything together. The robot just becomes one critical piece of that. Um, and, you know, hopefully there will be some stuff to talk about that's new with Spot too. We have a new version coming out shortly that I can't speak too much to, but there are some really awesome improvements coming um, both on the, you know, the computer vision model side of things, as well as the autonomy side of things, because we know how critical it is for that robot to be able to, to capture that data without user intervention. Brian, that's fantastic. Thanks so much for your time. Take care. Thanks for listening. Join us at wdbe.org.